In this episode, we're talking about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. We're talking about Pistol. And we're talking about... The Circle by Dave Eggers. So, Carl, what have you seen? I know you like seeing things. You mm. put your nose pressed up against the glass, seeing things. My, my nose has indeed been pressed up against the glass, Andrew. I have seen Pistol, which is Danny Boyle's six-part series, oh. made for Disney, of all oh. places, about the Sex Pistols. Wow. And Tell me all about that. That I saw a little trailer for it, and the guy playing Malcolm McLaren looked looked at especially sounded just right with the right guidance you could change the world <laughs> ladies and gentlemen sex pistols yeah yeah well look i would say that um there are many many things to like about pistol i think um <laughs> the, the pistols themselves perhaps not being among them <laughs> because they were a pretty rat baggy group of uh, group of characters but it's a really I, I think it's a really terrific piece of um recreation of of a, a time and a set of circumstances and a kind of an, a sense of energy and rage and it captures really brilliantly i think what punk grew out of and i mean I guess its aims or its kind of, I guess, lack of aims in, in many respects, it, it's, it's got the kind of the anarchic, chaotic energy of it down pat, I think. And, um, and the music is all performed live um, by, the, by the actors. They all had to learn to play or not play their <laughs> instruments, as the case may be. <laughs> Um, of course. <laughs> you know, I, I guess given Punk's DIY ethos, the idea of like, oh, I can't possibly do this because I don't know how to play guitar is like, fine, you're hired. <laughs> you know, sort of like it makes perfect sense. Um, I, I, I really like this. I mean, I think it's sort of it's grimy and it's not going to be for everybody by, by any sense. And the characters aren't there's nobody who you'd say is particularly lovable. I mean, the, the story is it's written by Craig Pierce, who normally is an Australian, who is best known for his work with Baz Luhrmann, and a less Baz Luhrmann-like production you could not imagine than this. Mm. I mean, you know, this is, you know, if Moulin Rouge is at one end of the the experience spectrum, then Pistol is absolutely at the other end. It's it's yep. it's as unshiny as you can imagine. Um, most of it takes place in sort of squats and um you know abandoned warehouse kind of rehearsal rooms and um you know there are piles like piles and piles of rubbish on the street because i I don't know if you remember this although i do think time wise it might be slightly out of kilter you're talking about the garbage strike yeah yeah because i think that was a little earlier i reckon uh was it my my recollection was that it was 76 77 okay uh, but it's sort of it's from the very beginning of this, which is seventy five. So it's sort yeah. of anyway. I, I I can't quite remember when it was, uh, you know. But it, you know, you get this sense of London as a city in in, in decay in a major mm-hmm. way, riven by class division, by a real denial of opportunity to people who are not born into the right kind of circumstances, and uh, the the story is based on the autobiography. Of, of Steve Jones, who was mm-hmm. the Pistols' guitarist, briefly their front man, um, and he was 
the founding member of the band. Um, I mean, in the sense that somebody who says, hey, maybe we should do something is the founding member of a band. You know, it wasn't like a great kind of construct. Um, And he's played by Toby Wallace, an Australian actor. And Steve Jones, well, certainly in in the telling of this story, could not read or write, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, his autobiography was co-written and uh, it's it's pretty compelling i've got to say as as a as a, a a version of the the pistol story and given that there have been other versions alex cox's sid and nancy julian mm-hmm. temple has had two goes at it in the documentary the Phil from the fury and uh of course the great rock and roll swindle um you know there have been various sort of bits and pieces about malcolm mclaren over the years Lydon has had his say you know they they each kind of have a have a, um, a claim to being the creators of this this band and this this moment and in some ways I guess this movement. Um, it's it sort of, you know, I think the Steve Jones account as, as rendered in Pistol is really compelling. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's basically you first meet him, he's homeless, he's a kleptomaniac. I mean, he sort of comes into the orbit of of Vivian Westwood and uh, Malcolm McLaren when he tries to steal a pair of bondage trousers from, from the shop <laughs> sex on, on uh, King Street in, in um, West London. And, uh, and McLaren kind of spies in him the potential to be uh, somebody who could work in this thing he has in mind, which is basically uh, an insurrectional kind of art moment, a, a kind of... a band that is based on the whole idea of conflict conflict mm. is really what it's all about for him and confrontation and an attack on the existing order of things and around that mclaren plays the role of of sort of the uh the i guess the, you know the sort of architect in chief you know he brings um he brings Lydon into into the band johnny john Lydon, who becomes johnny rotten and uh, and from there they start to coalesce in a meaningful way. Um, I mean, you know, don't, you don't have to rehash the entire story of the Sex Pistols, obviously, but it covers the arc from '75. You first meet Steve Jones climbing through the window of the, uh, I think it's the Hammersmith Odeon, um, after a David Bowie gig and stealing his equipment, <laughs> which is, a, oh. you know, it kind of sets up where where, where he's at. Yeah. Anyway, it's like I think it's really great. I think um, you know it's got some terrific performances. Um, the uh, a guy called Anson Boone plays uh, plays Johnny Rotten. He's he doesn't look a lot a lot like him, but he really captures a lot of the snarling energy of him. Louis Partridge plays Sid Vicious. He's, he's sort of like he comes in fairly late. You don't get a lot of Sid early yeah. on, um, and you know. He, he <laughs> then, did, but he did come and in. Then he exits, late. and then he exits. You know, fairly early <laughs> as well. So the story of the Sex Pistols, Glenn um, Matlock, is their uh, bass player prior to Sid Vicious. That's and right. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's not. Yeah, and, and and he's he's in it for much much longer. Um, what I found really interesting and didn't expect is Chrissy Hind has a major role in this. She was mm-hmm. Steve Jones' lover for a long period, played by a woman called Sydney Chandler, who's really good. Okay. Um, and uh, and um, McLaren is played by Thomas Brody Sangster, who uh, y- you'll recognise him from a few a few things, a- a English actor who 
generally I wouldn't say looks or sounds anything like McLaren, but he's got him down pat, I think. <laughs> yeah. And um, and Vivian Westwood by a, a woman called um, Tallulah Riley, who is, is also great. Really interesting characterizations across the board, I think. Um, you know, Leiden comes across as a kind of a slightly pantomime character, but I think I think that's how he is, you know, how, how he was. He's always played this role of a kind of panto villain to, to a degree. Yeah. And um, anyway, I just, I, I think for anybody who's, who's interested in and not sort of inherently aghast at the idea of punk and can see it as a really significant cultural moment, um, I, think it's, I think it's pretty great, actually. I would really, really endorse it. Carl. Andrew. We talked about The Every by Dave Eggers oh, last yes. time we met. And I couldn't help myself, but I, I, I read The Circle. And it is uh, something that I would recommend. For, if you heard me on the every, I'm going to suggest, and I said you didn't have to do this, but I'm going to suggest you do do this and you read the circle. <laughs> it is You've better. come full circle. I've come full, it's a better book. It's is a better it? Book. The, the characters are better. The circle the, is better than the every. Yep, and the, and there's and and it's funny. You will you will laugh in this book, and you'll be. It's good that it's funny. I think you are more uh, engaged with the characters. You actually you actually feel something for them I- I- during uh, the. Do you think now, in flow, retrospect, yeah. that if you had come to the Every after having read The Circle, that you might feel more for the characters in the Every? Well, I'm not sure. That's a good, very good question, Carl. I, I, and I love it when people say it's a very good question. <laughs> I, might be t- I might have baggage, as they like to say, from The Circle right. that allows me to perhaps have a bit more of uh, an investment in it, but these are all different characters. It's it's I think twenty years later right, or something, right, okay. and like I said, the the, the main character, character of the circle does exist in the world yeah. of the every, but she barely appears, if yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. as an actual on the stage speaking person. Odious as it is to use those type of descriptions for a novel, but I read it and I'm glad I did. And I noticed and I watched the trailer that there is a motion picture starring Mr. Tom Hanks called The Circle, based on this book with yes. a actress called Emma Watson who I think is very famous to the kiddies if I've if I've not got her confused with another actress with a similar name I believe she was in Harry Potter am I talking about the right one yes you are yep so no that's that's definitely her and and I haven't watched it I'm not sure if I will but it doesn't look doesn't look terrible it doesn't look terrible so if you're the type of person who wants to try before they buy then then have a look at the circle with Mr. Tom Hanks Emma Watson and then uh, read the books Speaking of uh, Harry Potter As we always do It I always went, gets back, doesn't it? I always. went to see the play again the Oh, other. Carl <laughs> oh. It's What now are you being, doing to yourself? It's now being condensed from two yeah. parts into one yeah, I had So it's now happen. a mere three and a half hours in the theatre oh. As opposed to five and a half oh, and, I was... Uh, Jeez. <laughs> uh, look, look, uh, look, Andrew. Look, let me I'm let looking, me set you I'm straight. Looking at this microphone. Let me are, set you straight. We should tell our listeners that we are not in the same room today because you have some form of sickness. <laughs> um, I, um, I think it's great. I think it's a great piece of theatre in the sense of stagecraft and and mm-hmm. 
you know, spectacle, I guess, for want, yeah. want of a better word. I took my 10-year-old niece, and I have to say, if you can uh, take a child, somebody who is a fan <laughs> of these books, and do so without being creepy or illegal, yep. Um, yep. It's, yep. It's, a, it's a pretty amazing experience because she was beside herself with with the the pleasure of it i think in some ways i've probably ruined theater for her forever because uh she will she will now she go along shut up all the way through you kept no, no, no. Up she, and go she, to the toilet she was she was fantastic she was fantastic the no, you no i was fine too but the five drunken girls behind me in their early uh, 20s influences to a to a woman oh i'm dear. sure oh would not stop talking throughout the whole thing uh, you, are you the kind of person who I tell people? I turned that, around and during the first yeah. act and I said, oh, could you please stop talking? I said it very quietly, very politely, mm-hmm. and it had next to no impact. Mm-hmm. And in second act, the woman sitting next to me, who was a, probably about 30-ish, early 30s, turned around and just said, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> oh, no, in front of your 10-year-old niece. That's all right. Children's, it's all right. I'm pretty sure she was thinking the same thing. I know, but, gee, I... I they I, were I they were so annoying. They were yeah, so they annoying. Were. There was also there was also somebody. Uh, oh my! This is ridiculous. Two minutes from the end, uh, literally two minutes mm. from the end, somebody collapsed in in the theatre. An audience member. An audience collapsed. member collapsed because it was so shocking. It was like a William Castle <laughs> film. I had a nurse on on standby because these scenes were shocking. The Dementors came down. She felt her soul was going to be sucked from her. Now I I don't know what happened, um, but. There was a, a surge suddenly of people leaping out of their seats and leaning towards us and phone lights going on and, and then people going, turn the house lights up, turn the oh, house lights up. Geez. It was like it, amazingly dramatic and, and, um, and of course, the play stopped and, and the, the fellow playing Harry Potter on the stage pointed and like, turn the lights up, turn the lights up. It took ages for it to happen and the word rippled through the room that somebody had had a heart attack and, of course, everybody was massively distressed. But then this woman got up and left. She got up and left. I, and I yeah. don't know what happened. I don't know what the what the story was with that. But I can tell you what it, it was. It wasn't a heart attack, so that's that's good news. Overwhelmed by magic, possibly, possibly. That's what it was. But then, then <laughs> the lights went down. Everybody <laughs> resumed their seats, and Harry put his <laughs> shirt back on, and they did the final two minutes. And it was, I've got to say. It was quite a, quite an ask to come back on and just bang straight back into where they were and do that, those mm. last two minutes. I mean, you know, the craft in this thing is is astonishing. It really is, and and I know you might disparage the stories and and the sort of like the puffery of the whole the whole world in which it happens, mm. and that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Mm. But as a as a piece of magic, and and I mean that in the sense of like theatrical magic, it is yeah. really really something. And I, you know. I, I'm, oh, I'm not going to convince what, when, you. I'm not going to convince no. you. I am sure of that. But I do think anybody who's who's sort of vaguely open to the idea and has wondered is it is it going to be worthwhile? Maybe balked at the idea of having to give over two big sessions at the theatre, which was a very big ask indeed. I would say, as one, if you can handle three and a half hours in the theatre, it's well worth doing. Two questions mm. before we get on to an interesting topic. I hope. <laughs> Go on. Do you know, are they going to be shaving it down in maybe an hour, an hour and a half? Because I, you know, I, 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 I could see that... The, maybe, the little uh, lunch version, the 15-minute yeah. condensed... The, <laughs> essential, the, question, the essential Harry Potter. Do you think it's 
as as you asked of me with uh, another topic, do you think the AFL? Uh, do you think it's important that to have read the books or to be familiar with them or to have seen the films to go and see this play? I, I will tell you that my 10-year-old niece thought it was. She didn't want to go and see it last year or whenever it was that she had an opportunity um, mm-hmm. because she hadn't yet finished book seven. Um, right. So, um, Well, you would have read all the books. I, I read all the books to my kids, yes. And, um, and I think it definitely helps, yes, because, yeah. You, yeah. you know, yes, it, it definitely helps. But I think mm. you could probably, like, cram on, on Wikipedia or something you get enough of a sense of who are these characters and what goes on mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, enjoy it, I think. Yes. So if, you, if you're a child, you've mm. never read a Harry Potter book, mm. you might not even know about the mm. existence of Harry Potter. You're a child. You go Have you been to... keeping your daughter... In the cupboard under the stairs, Andrew? Is that what you've been doing? What I'm saying is that there's been no Wiggles and there's been no Harry Potter in this house. I'm calling Child Protection Services now. Harry's a magical boy who goes to a private school. There you go. Done. Uh, With other magical friends who also go to a private school. No kids from government schools are in this show. They don't matter. I'm right, aren't I? There's no kids from government schools in the books or in the show, are there? Yeah, I don't know that fees are ever discussed in um, mm. in in the world of Harry Potter. I mean, I presume fees are paid, um, but selection <laughs> it is a select entry school. That is that is certain. Um, you, yeah, you, you have have I to have certain privileges much, called magical abilities. Has been paid to this on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, Harry Harry himself is a bit of a, you know, a, a working class kid in some respects, um, mm. although born of magic, you know, wielding. I believe he is noble born. No, well, noble born in the, the once sa- and future king. Yeah, yeah. That little birthmark, is that. isn't that there is something? That. There is yeah. that, yeah. yeah. That anyway, no. anyway, let's, yes. let's leave the, uh, the veiled uh, class analysis of, of the world of <laughs> Harry Potter aside for a moment. That's it for the clappers. Make sure you like us on the socials.